Welcome to the Modern Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Parsons. I'm a certified holistic health coach, intuitive eating specialist, and health at every size advocate. Cozy up with me each week for empowering conversations with ambitious women as we share real stories around our relationships with food, body, and moving through life in the modern world. Well, hello. Welcome to the Modern Girl Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome if this is your first time. I'm your host, Caitlin Parsons. Today, it's just me and you. One-on-one. This is the first time I've ever recorded a solo episode. And I've wanted to talk about this topic for a long time. I'm not sure if I'm going to do solo episodes going forward. I might. I might not. I'd love to hear what you want out of this podcast and how you feel like it's landing for you and and what gets you excited to listen every week. So the best way to let me know that is to hop into my DMs and just say, hey, I loved this. I, I, I didn't love this. I'm looking for this. And I always appreciate your feedback, especially as this community grows. But this has been on my heart for a while. I, um, I want to make sure that I approach the topic of body image sensitively and practically. And my hope in this solo episode is that you walk away with some really tangible tools that you can start applying for yourself. And this is why I wanted to do this solo episode because I started this podcast because I want to create a really safe environment to share stories around body image and to be heard and seen and accepted and and really hear stories from other women who are walking similar paths that you might be and and really just feeling like you're not alone because you're not and giving space for women to share their personal story when they might never have had the opportunity to that being said, I also really appreciate education and teaching. And um, obviously, this is something that you get when you work with a coach or some type of direct support one-on-one or in a group setting. But I love it when guests come on here and they teach. And so I want to sit down with you and share some body image resources that will help you, hopefully, uh, because this is really important and this can feel really challenging. And when you, when we approach the topic of body image, it can feel a little overwhelming. And so let's take a deep breath and let's hop in. So I want to start by just a high level definition of body image, high level overview. That is I, I, one of the reasons why I like this definition is because it isn't high level. It's really approachable. And this comes from um, Marcy Evans, who I actually have done my body image training with. And I just love the way that she puts this. Body image is the subjective way we feel and perceive our body functionality, how it looks and feels, thoughts, feelings, perceptions, and actions, the way in which we experience the body we have, how a person feels in their body, no matter what their actual size is, accompanied by thoughts and feelings. I love this quote because 
it really captures the essence of body image and brings in what I try to always, you know, bring a loop back into any conversation. It, it's really physically, mentally, and emotionally, all of these three elements that we have to consider. And this is really important when we get into body image work, because very often we've we can come into this feeling like it's just about my body. It's just about the physicality of my body. When in, in reality, when we start to unpack this, we, we learn pretty quickly that it's about many, many, many other things than just physical body shape and size and the, the feelings about the physicality of it. So where does this show up? Body image. I want to speak into this because body image and our relationships with our body and, and how it has evolved over the years has just shown up in so many different areas throughout history. It shows up generationally within our families and without even realizing it. And one thing that you may have heard me share before on, on this podcast or perhaps somewhere else is this is never, ever, ever, ever to blame our families This is just about understanding that our families are doing the best that they can almost always, and they are living in diet culture, just like we are. And they're bombarded with the same messaging that we are and doing the best that they can given the environment that they're being exposed to. And that being said, a lot of these habits and beliefs and systems get passed down generationally over time, just out of out of habit, out of not really knowing anything different. And so it, it does make sense in that uh, how it's conveyed and how it's passed down again and again and again. It shows up socially and culturally through media, through messaging, through uh, marketing, advertising, advertisements. I mean, this is really body image language and just all of this type of messaging it shows up in our fiction books. It shows up in our TV shows that we're watching. It shows up in speakers that we hear, podcasts that we listen to. It's everywhere. And and very often, again, without really having a different understanding of, of how to navigate this, uh, it shows up systemically in organizations, in businesses, in the ways that we that we are having conversations around bodies at companies, at our places of work, at just large corporate organizations and how that infiltrates into media and, and just the workforce in general. Um, So I want to just share that it, it feels heavy sometimes because it is everywhere and it can feel overwhelming, but we have to keep having conversations like this and really understanding the background, where it's coming from, and actually be intentional with tools to create change and moving forward. And so I hope, my hope for you is that you don't hear this and feel like this is just a dying cause. It's never going to change. The fact that you're listening to this is is courageous and it's creating change in just exposing yourself to this information. And so I'm celebrating you and I am so grateful for you that you are, are spending time with me and also for yourself 
right now. I mean, this is really about you. This is, this is not about me, love. This is about us and, and creating this change together. So couple of other things before I get into some, some tips for you. Body image is a process of unlearning and relearning. Curiosity, self-compassion, these are two key elements in this process. Please do not listen to this and think, this has got to change right now or else it's never going to change. It's really easy to get caught up in that all or nothing black and white thinking when we start to do this work. It takes a lot of unpacking. It takes a lot of... Uh, a lot of patience and a lot of just self-awareness in this process as well too. And also it doesn't have to feel that complicated. One of, one of the, the biggest takeaways that I want to share with you in all of this too is be careful where the perfectionistic thinking can, can come in when you start to open up your eyes to body image work and feeling like you have to be on all of the time with this. Sometimes we need to step away. Sometimes we need to take a break. Sometimes we need to redirect our focus. And I hope that some of these tips that I'm about to share with you will, will give you some space to do that naturally with body image work. This work is ongoing. It's a journey. It, it really is uh, looking at our bodies as a relationship and truthfully, the most important relationship that you're in. You're living with yourself. We're, we're in our bodies for life, for as long as we're living. And when we can start to approach this work from that viewpoint of being in a relationship with ourselves, it creates a bit more ease, the opportunity, I, I believe, in a bit more ease and compassion and understanding. You know, when, when we think about our bodies traditionally, it tends to be very external. It tends to be very um, prescriptive and rigid. But if we think about it, your relationship, our relationship with anybody else in our life that we're close with, our partners, our friends, our families, people in our lives that we love and appreciate, there are highs, there are lows, there are times where we need to take space, there are times where we need to uh, talk things out, there are times where we fight, there are times where we hug and love and nurture and all of these things, and it really is no different when we're in our own bodies, really treating our bodies just like any other respectful relationship that we have in our lives and, and keeping that top of mind coming into this work is super powerful. So that's my hope in stepping into this, in, in sharing this with you, that we can just keep this top of mind as we're learning all of this together. Um, okay, let's get into it, shall we? I, have a, I, have, I think I have nine tips, but... I've also shared with you that I am not the best at math. Yeah, I think it's nine. So I'm just going to go through these. <laughs> nine is a very challenging number. Um, I'm going to go through these and just explain why these tips are important, how you can get started with them. And before I start sharing, just know as well too, these are meant to land with you however 
you are feeling like they fit into your life right now. I certainly do not expect you to listen to all of these nine tips that I'm about to share and think I've got to do all of these right away. Baby steps. This is something I say with my clients all the time. Baby steps start really slowly and listen to this. Maybe go back and listen to it again. Take some notes if you feel like it. it's it's something that would be helpful for you and maybe pick one or two of these tips to start with that you feel like are going to be the easiest entry point into this work. Okay. Also you might feel triggered by some of these and that's okay. That is absolutely okay. I, it would, it would probably be a little strange if you weren't triggered. And so just sit with that and notice if any emotions come up when you're hearing this as well, too. This might be bumping up against some belief systems, some habits that have really been ingrained um, that are creating a sense of security. And, and so just be with that and give yourself some compassion and also know that you can take a breath and come back to this later and perhaps let it land a different way. And also you, you don't have to take it on. If you feel like one of these tips is not helpful for you or doesn't resonate with you, please honor that for yourself. Okay, let's get into it. First, first tip that I wanna share with you, stop weighing yourself, ditch the scale. Um, and the reason why this is so powerful is first of all, <sighs> The scale has created so much power in our culture. This like metal contraption on the floor that we step on has so much power over our mental and emotional health. And so if you've ever had the experience of stepping on the scale and thinking that the number was going to be perhaps lower and feeling in your body before stepping on, hey, I'm feeling really great today. Things are, you know, I just, I feel really good overall and having in, in your mind that sense of hope that the number could be lower and then stepping on to recognize that it might be, you know, the same or perhaps even higher and how that perhaps derails, derails your day in some way. And so just think about that. Think about the experiences that you've had with the scale and how much mental energy we give to the scale in terms of our lives and what it controls and where where we actually let that power show up in. You know, I, I can speak personally to this. Oh my gosh, truthfully, I, I didn't let go of the scale until a couple of years ago. And up until that point, it I mean, it had such a strong hold in my life. I, I would, I would step on and let the thoughts take over for the rest of the day. And it would really dictate what I was eating or how I was moving my bodies or social engagements. I can, I have plenty of experiences where I've canceled plans because I was pissed off at the number or in a bad mood or uh, self-conscious afterwards or for, for one reason or another, it has so much power. And this is a very personal experience. I'm not projecting my own experience onto you by any means. I really hope that you can zoom the lens out and really look at this for your life and just ask yourself the question, what is my relationship with the scale? And is it worth it? Is it worth the hassle of letting this one tool control my 
mental and emotional health to such a large extent? Am I willing to give it that power? Um, if you feel like it's just way too triggering right now to smash the scale or toss it or just ditch it all together, start slowly. Can you reduce it to perhaps once a week or once a month or once every few months and just start to really ease up on your relationship in that capacity as well too with, with the mindset and the intention of, Hey, I'm going to get curious about how I react, how I react and what my expectation is. If I am (laughs) scaling back on the scale in my relationship with it as well too, because that can also be really triggering. You know, I, I, I certainly want to speak into the experience of having the intention of weighing yourself less and then letting three months go by and having the just belief that it's going to be different. And then the fall can feel even heavier during those times as well too. And so you have to do what's best for you, but just, just bring in that awareness for yourself and ask yourself that question. Okay. So moving on. Second tip, cleaning out clothes that no longer fit. This is really, really important too. Clothing is is also one of those parts of our lives that can be deeply triggering and also sabotaging for our mental and emotional health as well too. And this is very subconscious for a lot of people um, because oftentimes we have clothes in our closets or in our wardrobe in some capacity that it's kind of in the back or it might be right up front and, and just seeing it every day without even trying it on or not even attaching it to when I'm in a smaller body or I wish I was in a smaller body, not even having those very um, surface level thoughts. They're still running in the background to to some capacity too. And so a lot of these subconscious thoughts tend to build and build and build and build and build over time and create a lot of body anxiety for ourselves. And coupling with that, with the fact that there's probably a good chance that we are looking at those clothes with some type of desire or longing or comparison or expectation for ourselves as well too. And so a practical action step with cleaning out our closets, if you feel compelled to donate these clothes with the love and just release them for your life so that you can really just expose yourself to clothes that feel really comfortable on your body and and that feel really good for you right now and give you the space to just get dressed every day without having all of the drama going on, go for it. If you feel like you need to start a little bit slower here, pack up the clothes that aren't fitting you right now, or perhaps haven't fit you in a, in a long time, just the clothes that don't fit in general or don't make you feel good. It doesn't even have to be that they don't, that they don't fit, but if you're spending too much mental or emotional energy on your clothes more than you'd like to, can you put them under your bed? Can you put them in another closet? Can you put them in storage in some way just to get them out of your mind? This is a really powerful part of exposure therapy, really exposing yourself to clothing items that make you feel good and also limit that dramatic response and catastrophic thinking that we might be experiencing when we do see clothing items all the time that don't fit us. Okay, moving on to the next tip, buy 
buy clothes that make you feel good. And I'm not saying, you know, spending loads of money or just completely reinventing your wardrobe. Obviously, if you want to do that and you have the means to do that, go for it. Absolutely. But can we start with one single item? Let's, I'll give you an example here. So let's just say you, you love wearing jeans. You're a jeans gal and you are feeling really frustrated right now because you feel like none of your jeans fit in your closet and it's bringing up a lot of emotions for you. Um, and maybe you have like one or two pairs that they, they might fit, but you don't love them. Can you buy, can you invest in a new clothing item that you love that is going to give you that confidence that is going to make you feel awesome when you put on the clothing piece? Um, that fits well, that really, that you enjoy for yourself. And so obviously, if you want to expand this into multiple layers of clothing, go for it. But it doesn't even have to be that extravagant. You can really start with one basic clothing item and build from there. But the, but the powerful part about this is really giving yourself that space to bring in clothing items that you love, that make you feel really good, um, that don't create all of this drama and back and forth around, I don't like the way this looks on me. I don't like the way this feels. Um, clothes are challenging, love. I, I, they're challenging for, for most of us because sizing and, and just the system around sizing is really, really just frustrating in general and it doesn't really make sense and so whatever shape or size you are just know that you're not alone with that I mean honestly th this is true for shoe sizes even this is <laughs> I barely I barely buy shoes online because I feel like I have to buy three or four different sizes all the time um and, and that's a shoe right it's it's a part of your body that just it, it really Unless you have um, some type of uh, some type of injury or something that is going to change your shape, change the shape of your foot in some way, your foot's not really changing, right? But the sizing does. So just something to think about there. Okay, third tip: stop lingering on old photos and be intentional with with doing this in the first place. This is one of those habits that we often don't even realize that we're doing. And it can be a little tricky because it's nostalgic. Photos bring up a lot of memories and they give us a lot of emotional support and create a lot of comfort in a lot of ways. But are there pictures that you're looking at from a comparison standpoint? Are there pictures, are you finding yourself mindlessly scrolling when you're in bed at night or traveling or, you know, if, if you feel like you're having a day where maybe it's just not a great body image day and you're going back to old photos, longing for your younger body or a different version of your body and creating that, that hope for yourself and that longingness. And that can be really, really limiting with um, moving forward in body image work and body acceptance. It really keeps us stuck. It keeps us in that comparison mode, keeps us in that negative thinking. And so this isn't about ditching photos altogether and not feeling the connection and the capacity for nostalgia. It's about understanding 
your relationship with photos and how you're actually using photos in your life. And be really honest with yourself on this tip. Are you zooming in and out? Are you, what's the, what's the, the story running through your mind? What's that mental tape that's playing when you look at photos? How does it make you feel emotionally when you look at, at old photos? And then I'll, I'll give like a little asterisk to this tip as well too. New photos. When you're taking pictures now, one of the best things that you can do for body image work is just take the picture and let it be rather than going right to it and looking at it and scrutinizing and we've all had those moments where we've looked at pictures and it's just completely ruined the event or the experience or our mood for the day, because perhaps it's, it's something different than we were expecting and it catches us, catches up us off guard in some way. And so rather than giving your power to the possibility of emotions heightening and, and taking you out of the actual experience, one of the best ways to prevent that from happening is to take a picture capture the moment, capture the memory and move on and let it be enough. Let it be enough. Okay. Moving forward, clean up your social media feed, clean it up, clean it up, clean it up. This is really important. And this can come in phases as well too. I know this can feel like a daunting task. What I would really encourage you to do is be intentional, carve out 10 minutes of your time to start. And just go through the accounts that are coming up. And one of the best ways to notice what needs to go in terms of unfollowing or muting um, is, are you comparing? How is, how is the account making you feel? Does it create anxiety? Does it create stress? Does it create all of these shoulds in your mind? Are you looking, are you looking at this account feeling unworthy? Does it make you feel bad about yourself? Does it make you feel like you are focused on the person and the expectation of yourself in comparison to them? Uh, just it, this can show up in a lot of different ways too. This can be food related. This can be body related. This can be just honestly people in our own lives too. get really honest. Who are the accounts that are really creating that internal dialogue in your mind all the time of I'm not good enough or I should be doing this or if only and and let them go and just notice what that does for you emotionally once you let them go too. This can be really sneaky and this can be really sensitive. So be patient with yourself, be kind in the process and know that this isn't about people pleasing. You don't have to let the person know that you're unfollowing them. You don't have to let them know that you're muting them. This is for you. And this is really taking charge of your personal, mental, and emotional well-being. Next point, expose yourself to diverse bodies. And this is a great compliment to the tip that I just shared. Can you create more diversity in your feeds? And I'm not just talking about body body size and, and shape, but how can we look at bodies with different abilities, different skin colors, different, uh, fashion statements? How can we create more diversity in our feeds that are really going to give us that exposure to so many things beyond just bodies and just one single size alone as well too. Um, I had a point that I was going to make here that I will come back to and 
if I can remember it later on, I'll, I'll be absolutely happy to link it in the show notes as well too. But in terms of introducing yourself to new feeds, that's what I was getting at. Introducing yourself to new feeds. I will link some great feeds to start following in the show notes for this episode so that you can have a place to start in terms of just body diversity, because I know that can be a little challenging as well too, thinking, well, where do I even start following accounts like that? If you're not used to doing it and, uh, and just wanting to get started with it, I will link that for you in the show notes. Um, okay, let's move forward. Oh, and one other thing I want to say about this too, it's beyond social media, love. How can we start exposing ourselves to different bodies in everyday life as well too? And really just opening our eyes to that, looking at, at different bodies when we are out in public, when we're watching TV, when we're, you know, it's, it's a little limiting on TV, but just in real life, so many times we censor ourselves and create tunnel vision without even realizing it around bodies that we're seeing every day when, and when we become more intentional about wanting to expose ourselves to different body shapes and sizes and, um, and just colors and, um, abilities and all of these incredible things about bodies in general, what makes the world go round truly, we're able to see it, uh, more clearly. It's kind of like saying to yourself, Oh, I want to get this, I want to get this new car and, um, then seeing the car pop up everywhere. So just know that it is really powerful when you open up your mind to that. Okay. Next tip, acknowledge and reduce body checking. This is another podcast episode entirely that I will perhaps come back in and create some content for around in another solo episode, but body checking shows up in a lot of different ways. Some of the points that I've mentioned already are actually body checking. Um, but a few that I'll that I'll share that we haven't covered. Uh, checking yourself in the mirror. How how long are you spending in the mirror? How often are you checking out your body in the mirror? And this doesn't have to be your belly or your butt or your thighs. This can be your hair. This can be your teeth. This can be your nose. When I was growing up, I for some reason did not did not like my nose at all. And I would get really close in the mirror and I had like a three-way mirror and I would get super close and look at the side angle of my nose and spend, <laughs> I don't even know how much of my childhood, how many hours in my childhood I spent just looking at my nose in the mirror. I don't know what that did for me. Um, and the funny thing is like the interesting part of that is it didn't, it didn't, it didn't change. Looking at the mirror didn't change anything. It created a host of anxiety and, and way too much attention and mental energy and emotional energy that was exhausted into that, but it did nothing. And so just note that for yourself, what is it giving you looking at your body and where, where are you doing it without even realizing it? And just like we were saying before, bringing in the intention of beginning to take a little inventory. Where am I body checking? How is it serving me? How can I start to reduce this to, to let it go? A couple of other things that you can think about when body checking. We mentioned the scale, weighing ourselves, absolutely a form of body checking. Um, measuring, our, measuring ourselves 
with our hands on our body. So if you, if you are often in the habit of rubbing your hands over your belly or your butt or your thighs, or maybe um, checking in with your arms or whatever part of your body, it, it honestly, it can be breasts, it can be shoulders, it's whatever body parts feel um, relevant for you in terms of checking with, with your hands, that can be something really, uh, really powerful too. And reducing that, looking down and just noticing, hey, how, how is my body looking and checking out, you know, a, a very tangible example would be sitting down and if you have ever been in the mindset of, oh, how do my thighs look when I sit and always looking down to see how they, how they look when you sit and just getting in the practice of building in that intention of, I'm not going to look, I'm just going to let it be. And I'm not going to, and just slowly getting out of the habit of, of looking all the time. Um, obviously, or not obviously, excuse me, I, I don't want to make it sound obvious because it's not, um, measuring ourselves with clothing. So kind of going back to one of the other points as well, too, in terms of body checking, if you're, if you're caught up in the habit of checking different sizes or how clothes are fitting on our bodies, that can be a, a really powerful form of, of body checking too, that can take up a lot of mental and emotional energy as well, too. So really making that emphasis of, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to check my body with clothes that might be on the precipice of fitting or not fitting and, or, perhaps keeping you feeling like you have to stay in, in one single body size. Um, and take a step back from this as well, too, in terms of body checking. And, and as you're taking inventory, just know and notice, hey, how does this make me feel when I do this? How, how much mental energy is this taking up? How much mental space, how much emotional space is this taking up? Okay, moving on. Find a hobby, find a new hobby that has nothing to do with food or your body. This sounds so simple. I know that it, it can take intention and motivation and action actually doing this. And so start simply with this. I don't expect you to take on a new language or enroll in a new class or, um, you know, start a, a skydiving career or anything like this? How can you, how can you take on a new hobby that is really, really exciting for you, but also simple and doesn't, doesn't feel like it's a load of work too. And this goes into the next tip that I want to share with you. Create a skills and values list that has nothing to do with your body too. I, I would love if you could put 10 minutes on your calendar over the next two weeks and carve up some time to carve out some time to create this list for yourself. This is so important. And one of those things that we kind of shrug off really easily because it seems so simple and insignificant, but this is one of the reasons why we tend to put so much attention on our body and our food choices throughout the day as well too when we're not living in alignment with our values, when we're not confident around our skills and excited about what makes us the person that we are and confident about that as well too, it's so easy to redirect our attention attention to our body and nitpick. And, and so building in 
confidence around your natural talents and abilities and skills and getting really clear on that for yourself is a really powerful tool in building up your self-confidence, your self-worth that has nothing to do with body image. Um, A lot of times we put much of our self-worth on our body image. And so it's really disrupting that, that programming and that process of self-worth and where it's coming from. So creating that list for yourself, going over your values and and where they are in your life values work. It, it can be a little bit more complicated. If, um, if you're interested, I have a workshop on values, just send me a DM. I'm happy to send that to you. Um, if you are interested in really learning, Hey, what are my core values? How do I actually start living in alignment with them? I recorded this with Tiffany Morrow a few months ago and, uh, and it's a really great, great workshop and just understanding values in general and also how to identify yours. We give a worksheet and everything as well too. Um, okay. And then last point that I want to make is who, This is a challenging one, but this is a really, really important tip, love. Set boundaries or redirect the food and body talk. This can feel deeply triggering. And it is also really important as well, too. This is really how we can create fast change in our culture. When we can start to shift our conversations from food and body image when they show up in, in conversations with family, with friends, with colleagues. Um, first of all, why are we doing it? I mean, I'm, I know there's a lot of layers there to unpack and there's, this is something I love talking about as well too. There's a clear reason why we all like doing it. Um, and it gives us something obviously, and a lot of cultural bonding and, and just feeling accepted and feeling a part of something. I mean, it it really does tie into a lot of community aspects, which is very important for humans in general, but I want to caveat that with, and there are so many other things to talk about. If it's not your body, it's not your business. And It doesn't always have to be that we are referencing someone else's bodies or passing judgments. Just know that it's deep. It can be really deeply triggering when you're talking about your body to somebody else, just sitting there and feeling the unworthiness or feeling the comparison or feeling uh, like they have to keep up or have to chime in or have to do something. And so this is really when we can redirect the conversations around food and body image talk, it really creates a powerful ripple effect for other people in our presence to give them permission to not, not feel the need to um, put so much time and, and attention and mental energy on all of this as well too. So it's really, really important. And also understanding that when we talk about food in our bodies with other people, we have no idea how it's going to land with them as well too. There's a very real possibility that whoever you're speaking with, even if it's somebody close to you, could really be struggling. Um, and also if, if you're struggling as well too and really wanting that camaraderie from it, 
it kind of creates this snowball effect where it, it becomes like a boomerang with conversations like this and it can feel really sticky and like a really deep hole to climb out of in terms of well, what else are we going to talk about? This is just what, how we always bond. So get curious. What can you talk about? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not even going to list ideas because we have a whole world that we can talk about. We have these really expansive, beautiful lives that we can talk about that have nothing to do with, with bodies and our food. And if you are going through the few tips before this one, that's going to give you some things to talk about the hobbies, the skills, the values, um, all amazing resources for you to cultivate deeper conversations, uh, that have nothing to do with food and body image. Okay. That is all. That's all that I'm going to share today. I know that was a lot. Once again, let this land how it needs to for you today and just let it be enough. Maybe go through once again, listen back, check in to see what, what tips are resonating with you the most and just start with one or two. I hope this was helpful. I'm sending you loads of compassion and encouragement and love. I, I know how challenging this can feel. I know that, God, I know how it feels to be in that place of, am I always going to be concerned with this? Am I always going to be focused on my body? Am I always going to want to change? Am I never going to get to a place where I feel comfortable? And just feeling like this is a race that you're never going to win or finish even, or a race that you're just going to keep running and exhausting yourself over. And I'm here to let you know that it doesn't have to be that way. And it takes, it takes time and it takes intention and it takes patience and curiosity. I know I already mentioned this before, but it is possible. So the resources are here for you. If you're getting the nudge that, Hey, I'm ready to take the next step. I'm really ready for, for deep healing and transformation. And I'm really ready for support to heal this, to heal my relationship with food, to heal my relationship with body image. Reach out, let me know. We'll schedule a call. Um, and we'll figure out what the best next step is for you. I have limited availability for one-on-one -on -one clients right now. And so a, a consult is going to be the best way to determine what the best next step is for you. And if we are, uh, if we're getting the feeling that it's a fit in working together, I'll absolutely know that, let you know that. And if not, I will happily and from the bottom of my heart point you in the right direction for another person, another resource, something so that you can get on your way in healing this because you deserve it. It's your right. And it is my, my mission and my purpose to continue to emphasize that for you and let you know that. All right, love, have an awesome week. I hope that you, I hope you got something out of this and I, I just adore you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We'll see you next time. That's our show. Thank you to our producer, Stephanie Olea, our show manager, Shayla Anderson, and our incredible guest. If you want to stay connected and learn more about our guest today, click the show notes of this episode. 
And if this conversation resonated with you, please share it with a friend or leave a review so that we can continue to destigmatize these important conversations around our relationship with food and body and spread inspiration to more women. One last thing, please don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can save time and stay on top of each new episode every week. I'm sending you so much love, confidence, and strength. Talk to you soon. Thank you.